All right, should we get to our sexy story this week? Ladies, gentlemen, you cannot unsuck that dick. (laughs) It was hot. It was really quite something. (laughs) Do you like when someone else makes me moan? Do not show up looking like you slept in your clothes. In your car. There is nothing sexier than getting railed by two dudes at the same time. I'll just say that. Hey everyone, welcome to Front Porch Swingers. I'm Brenna. I'm Brian. Guys, we have an amazing partner and their names are all playground.net. It is an amazing lifestyle site, so inclusive and really working to make sure that every lifestyle or every sex positive person who wants to have a non-monogamous adventure feels included. And we fucking love that. We're going to be talking about altplayground.net in further detail very soon, given some very exciting updates. But we just wanted to remind you that if you're looking for a lifestyle site that's going to really fit your needs and also one that is constantly adding new features and doing cool new things, altplayground.net is where you're going to want to head. You can also find our community there, which is bumping. We've been sharing some pics there. It's been so fun to chat with you guys there. So make sure you head there and find our community, also called Front Porch Swingers. We also want to say a very big thank you to Luxury Lifestyle Charters. They are doing something, also something completely new in this space. They have a private charter that is lifestyle friendly. So what does that mean for you? It means you can take up to six of your lifestyle friends on an amazing adventure on the open sea, head to the Florida Keys or the Bahamas and really tailor the adventure to your specific wants and needs as a group as well. So it's a great way to social distance and who doesn't want to do it on a yacht? And you can head to luxurylifestylecharters.com today, check out all of the details. And if you end up booking, make sure that FPS sent you for a free case of champagne. For sure, get on that yacht. All right, so let's launch right into single guy tip of the week because I had kind of an interesting, a more unique experience with a single guy this week than I have in the past. And I think it's important or worth noting, I should say, some of the things that happened given that interaction. Yeah, I agree. It was it was different. So basically, I started talking to this guy. Very cool. We kind of gelled. Kind of has that hippie uh, snowboarding type of vibe, which not necessarily my cup of tea, but I was like, he seems really cool and handsome. Let's go for it. And we went on a date on Friday and it was fun, but it was kind of like talking to like, you know, a friend from high school that you haven't seen in a long time or like one of my little brother's friends. That's kind of what it felt like. It was that vibe. There was no sexiness. There was no flirtation. And I, I mean, honestly... I could do that on my end as well. I could be flirty, but I really feed off of other people's energies and I didn't get a lot of flirtation during this interaction. So I left that going, okay, I'm not even sure if this guy's interested or not. Right. And it's interesting because while you guys were digitally communicating, it was very different. He seemed to be more forward, a little bit more conversant. Still certainly not flirtatious, but yeah, definitely a little bit more gregarious, I would say. Right. And then when you got kind of in front of him, all that kind of washed away. So it's interesting when guys can be digitally charming, but a little bit more difficult when you're face to face. Yeah. And I, I get that because I can be the exact same way. I definitely clam up and I get nervous. And I mean, I, we talked multiple times about interactions that I've had where I go in and I say 20 words for the first 20 minutes. I allow that other person to just kind of spew because I, I put a 
wall up. And I think that's kind of what he was doing. But I guess the single guy tip of the week is, and it's something not just for single guys, but for anyone that's going into these adventures, whether you're dating monogamously or non-monogamously, is you got to kind of like put yourself out there enough that the other person picks up your interest. You have to show interest. Yeah, especially when you're able to do it in in a digital format. And then when you get face-to-face, especially if you've been doing it on a digital format for a period of time, you kind of get an idea that, oh, this person's really fun and they have a personality and they have a sense of humor. And then you get in front of them and it's like crickets. Yeah. It's That's, like, where, wait, is this the same person? Yeah, it just doesn't work. And if you're a single guy, particularly in this space, and you're, and you're really trying earnestly to get into the hot wife, ethically non-monogamous space, you got to step your game up. That art of the conversation is very important. You got to step away from the phone and the computer and be able to do that face-to-face. Well, and I also think it shows, I mean, he was obviously charming when we were digitally corresponding. So I know that that's there. Sure. It's not as if he doesn't have that skill set to be charming or a charming personality, because I saw before. It's the ability to show it and be confident enough to put yourself out there. And I think, you know, bringing down walls when you go into an interaction like this is an absolute necessity. It's something I've had to learn over and over and over again to get over that shyness. And I think that if you are looking to be successful in this space, you have to be willing to do that as well. You have to do some work on yourself to be able to be confident in those situations. Well, especially as a single guy in this space, because unfortunately, you're up against a lot of competition. I was going to say stiff competition but that was just two on the <laughs> but I'm bummed <laughs> so yeah if you're a single guy in this space you really need to have your A game and if you're a charming dude and you've got a personality and a sense of humor and you can convey that digitally you really need to be able to do it in person so every once in a while you need to get away from the digital devices and get in front of some folks and work on your conversation do you think that's part of it do you think people are so used to 100%, digital communication especially right now yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's, I definitely think that's something too. 100%. No question about it. The art of the conversation is virtually dead anyway, for the most part. I don't agree. I just think it's different in person versus digitally. And some people have lost one and gained the other. Well, I just, you know, there's just too many ways to entertain ourselves these days. And yeah. conversation, unfortunately, is not one of them for a lot of folks. And <laughs> guys have a difficult time with it, especially, you know, a drop younger. Now, this gentleman is not young. He's in his 40s, I guess. Early right? 40s. So he, you know, but he's a little bit out of the game. Also, he mentioned to you, he hadn't been on a date in a hot second. And he's just kind of dipping his toes in. So, you know, he was probably a little bit apprehensive, a little nervous, nervous for sure. Yeah. But hey, in this space, you got to bring your A game because there's simply too much competition because now you went on this date with him. It was pleasant enough. You left not knowing really what was going on. He reached back out to you a couple of days later. And even in that correspondence, there still wasn't any indication of how much interest there is. So you're kind of on the fence. Well, I... I like when people show interest in me. And I do, I know, guys have told us many times, there's a fine line between showing interest and being creepy, and they're afraid to cross that line. And I totally fucking Um, get that. I am no different. I'm no different. I've done the same. I know, we all know. There was a woman rubbing your leg and you looked the other way. Yeah, she's smoking (laughs) hot. Uh, She did send me a picture today uh, of herself in an amazing Halloween costume. She's super sexy. But uh, yeah, she absolutely had her hand on my leg and I thought, oh, she's just being nice. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't act on it at all. Yeah, and I think it's because you've trained yourself to not want to come across as the creeper. Yeah, and in that particular environment, I did not want to be that guy. And I get that because I especially men, no offense, but guys that look like you, super aggro looking cis men look... You look like the type that could be a total creeper. I look like, yeah, I definitely have that girl, I mean, or whatever, or, you know, yeah, if you saw me, you're Or just the type that isn't going to be, you know, it's that stereotypical view of the man who's not going to be overly respectful to women. 
or really overtly friendly. I look unapproachable. A lot of people tell me that. So Yeah. So, I mean, I get it. But at the same time, I think that showing interest is important. And I it think is. finding the balance between the two, riding that line between showing interest and being a total fucking creeper is yeah. a skill that guys need to learn. You got to hone that skill if you're going to be a single guy in this space. So long story short, single guy tip of the week, you got to hone that skill. You got to have the art of the conversation, bring the charm and the humor, bring it digitally you got to bring it in real time. You got to bring it 3D. For sure. Yes. So I don't know where this whole thing's going. Because, yeah, I mean, now I'm like, well, is he really interested? Or is he just kind of like bored? Then I'm second guessing myself because I'm super neurotic. Well, now it's simply, a, you know, he reached out to you. Again, kind of a benign conversation. Now I think you just have to step it up and say, hey, this is what I'm feeling. What are you thinking? No, no, no. That's not what you told me to do. What you said is reach out and be like, hey, are you interested in fucking? Because yeah. I am, but I yeah. need to know if you are. That's essentially <laughs> it. Yeah. And then we can figure it out from there. Listen, we've learned that no other way works for us. The opposite does not work for us. We've tried and that. please know, I'm joking. I would not actually reach out in that way. No, but that's basically... But the essence of that conversation probably needs to happen. Yeah, I think, you know, with a little bit more tact, <laughs> it needs to be a situation where it's like, hey, I really enjoyed your company, find you attractive, hope you feel the same. What are your thoughts on seeing each other again? And what does that date look like? Sure. Let him figure that out. Now, if that doesn't work, I mean, you just hit him over the head with a brick. I'm afraid they're, they're just made, you know, you just have to move on. I don't know. Well, if he's not interested and this and is he something, can say that. This yeah. is something else that I think single guys need to learn and people in general need to learn. Rejection is not a bad thing. It's not a bad word. Yeah, we're all is adults. it going to potentially hurt someone's feelings? Yes. But if you do it in a respectful way, that's on them, not you. Yeah. It, listen, you've got to be honest. And if you really are not feeling somebody, you just need to say it. Like, I don't think this is a match. I really appreciate taking the time. Nothing wrong with that. No. No one's no. going to be upset about that. No. I mean, you know? some people will, but yeah, they're but children. That, yeah, but you you have to expect a, a level of rejection going in, into a situation like this. That's going to happen. Sure. You know, so yeah, figure it out. <laughs> right. That's it. So I would like to move on to another topic now. <laughs> okay. Which is that you went on a second date. I did. On Friday, the same night that I was out with this gentleman that we were just speaking of. Yes, I did. Yes, absolutely. So the, the young lady that you saw... Monday? Yeah. Does that mean you saw her twice in one week? I did. I saw her Monday and I saw her Friday. Wow. My first date with her was Monday in her town, about an hour-ish away from us. And then she was kind enough to come into our town Friday. That's awesome. That it was a good out. time. I mean, very few people go out with someone they don't like twice in one week. So this must yeah. be going well. It's going really well. She's super sweet. I really enjoy her company. She's very easy to talk to, certainly very easy to, to look at. Uh, and she's just pleasant company. She's smart and interesting, just easy to be around. It's really kind of nice. Yeah. I will also say, not that you asked me, but I'm going to tell you anyway. This date, this time that you went on this date and the time that we were apart was significantly easier for me than the first time. Well, well, first of all, it wasn't the first time. You right. kind of got a feel for what that was going to be like. Right. You were also home alone by yourself, kind of taking a self-care night the first time I went out. So you had all kinds of time to think about it. This particular time, you were out on a date. You went out and met this gentleman for a drink that we just spoke of. Yeah. So there was that anyway, kept you somewhat distracted, I suppose. And I didn't stay out late because I didn't want her driving home in the middle of the night. And she had to, she got to drive home over an hour. It was kind of, it's kind of a sketchy route at night. I did offer to get her a room in town. It was not going to be presumptuous, obviously, and have her stay with us. You know, she said, no, 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 I'll be okay. And she, she was able to drive home, So, uh, which was great. I just didn't want to keep her out late. So I got home fairly early. But yeah, I enjoy her company. I'm just She's saying cool. it had nothing to do with the time. It had everything to do with my ability to compartmentalize it and to not be a fucking crazy person. Well, you were anxious because it had never happened before. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was the first time. Were you, were you were you hopeful that this was going well when I was out with her the second time? Yeah, of course. 
course. I always want you to have a good time. Well, I mean, were you thinking, okay, this is probably going to turn into a third date because now they've been out for a while. Yeah, 100%. And yeah. then you came home and said it was great. So I was like, yeah. this is great. I'm I'm always happy for you. No, but I mean, I was just wondering if you thought, oh, this must be going well or well, he's only, you know, as I text you at about 945 and said, I won't be too much longer. And I thought, I wonder if she thinks this is not going well. Because it wasn't really late. Oh, I don't know. You know, you were I just didn't, I home. didn't think of it like that. It you came thing. home and I could tell the second you walked in the door that it was a good date. So Yeah, it was good. We had dinner and then we went to a very nice, uh, very cool, what you would refer to probably as a speakeasy. Uh, we have to make reservations, of course, because everything's limited seating these days. Very cool, dimly lit bar, lounge kind of concept that we have downtown. Very, very, very cool. Yeah, yeah. so uh, you know, we, we may have more to say on that. I'm assuming you're going to see her again. Probably. I'd like her. She wants to see me again. So yeah, I think that'll happen. It's just difficult. The distance is difficult. You know, she's an hour away. So we just got to kind of figure all that out. And there's nothing in the middle between us. So I'm either going there or she's coming here. There's that's, some gas stations. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Want to take her on be. a gas station date? Yeah, no. No, she would not appreciate that. I I'm don't sure think. not. Uh, so yeah, we'll figure it out. Either she'll come here or I'll go there. I think if we see each other beyond the third date, I think you need to meet her. Yeah, we talked we all, about that. We all need to kind of get together. You know, so we'll see what that looks like. Stay tuned, people. Yeah, who would have thought? Who would have thought? Yeah. So we have, an, we have a couple of things going on. Yeah, we before do. Before we get to the good stuff. <laughs> What's the good stuff? Me getting banged? Well, there's that. Oh. And then, we, of course, we have an interview with an amazing single guy. Yes, we do. But we are getting ready to hit the road with our partners, altplayground.net. Heck, yes, we are. And I am so fucking excited. And when I say getting ready, we're looking at December. About the, around December. December at the, yeah. Early December, mid-December, something like that. We have not decided if we're going to, or if you're going to spend the holidays with your family before we take off for the better part of a year or not. Uh, but that's what that looks like. We are just gearing up, getting ready. Got the house sold, got it packed up, ready to go. We got a lot happening. Yeah, so allplayground.net has been kind enough to sponsor a tour. Yes. And we are going to be on the Alt Playground tour bus. If you guys on our social media, you really should be because we put pictures up of the bus. We're going to have many pictures going up of the inside of the bus. It's just freaking cool. And that's yes. going to be our living arrangements, yes. which I we of course were not expecting, but we're fucking psyched for. And we're just excited to get out there and experience like the true lifestyle because we've talked so many times about where we live is very limited and and also so I think even beyond the lifestyle, we're excited to create meaningful content. Yes. So we're going to be vlogging and that'll be going up on our YouTube channel. So if you're not subscribed, you really should be. It's called Front Porch Swingers. But we're going to be vlogging from the road. We're going to be doing some live events from the road. We'll be doing some on-the-spot interviews with people like club promoters and event hosts and others that are doing cool and new things in the lifestyle. I think for me, I, I am very excited to start building up the lifestyle again in a positive way given everything that has happened during 2020 yeah and if there is an event or uh, some type of a if, you know if the club is open and there's an event being thrown we've contacted promoters and club owners in various places if there's an event if it's on the calendar we will likely be there and if it's safe we'll be there yeah. That's pretty much how we're doing this. Of course, everything's in flux with uh, all the craziness that is the world today. So that could change. But we do have a quasi-calendar prepared, which we will share. I'm sure that will change 25 times. Yep. And I think that's the beautiful thing about us being on a bus is we can pick up and go and yes. do what makes sense, both for 
all playground users, for lifestylers, and for ourselves uh, to really make this something that is meaningful and safe and awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Everything that we're going to do will be with that in mind. It's just going to be a good time. We're going to be able to see a bunch of stuff and interview a bunch of cool people, some other podcasters in this space, some of our podcast partners, and uh, just some very cool individuals. We're looking forward to it. And our patrons can't wait to meet some of those folks. Yeah. So we'll have many more details for you guys on that. Uh, We'll also be updating you on our tour schedule via our mailing list. Yes. So you can join that at frontporchswingers.com. You can also find all sorts of other information on there. So we hope you'll check that out as well. But we're really, really excited about this. And like I said, just excited to start positively contributing in a new way to the lifestyle space. That's really, really important to us. Yeah. And and being able to reach people in, uh, in different ways. That's the big thing. For sure. Yeah. So. Stay tuned. Sexy time. Sexy time. Yes. You were naughty again. <laughs> Shocker. Seems to, seems to be a theme. I'm just saying. <laughs> so a while back, I set up a kind of a fantasy date for you. You did. With the gentleman we wanted to do. You wanted to do a blindfold type thing. And we've talked about this. You can go back and listen. to I don't even remember what episode it was where we talked about it. But uh, I uh, enlisted the help of a gentleman who you had sex with when you were blindfolded. Didn't even want to know who he was. Yep. But we had a great experience. You did. And thought we simply cannot throw a great single guy back without bringing him back again. And you did. And you had a great time with him. And of course, without the blindfold. Well, you had a third date with him. Yes. Almost a fourth, actually. I don't know why you're calling it a date. I had a third bang with him. You did. You (laughs) totally had a third interaction with him. Uh, So we're going to talk about that a little bit today. It was pretty spicy. Yeah, we'll get to this first. And then, like we said, we have an awesome interview for you guys after. So lots to cover. But yeah, so I saw this guy again. And I think... Once again, we talked the last time about how different the first interaction was from the second interaction, which is, of course, duh, because the first time I was blindfolded, the second time I really had the chance to experience him in all sorts of new ways. Oh, but, there, but there were some components of the first experiences that you preferred. I prefer 100%. Well, if we're talking just sex, right. the first experience was far more erotic for me. Sure, because you were complete. First of all, you had no idea who this cat was. No. You were totally blindfolded. He could have been anyone. You never saw him. Yeah. And I think it also, I'm, I'm learning about myself that I have a little bit of stranger fantasy. For sure you Like do. I have this very you intense. You didn't know that until just now? <laughs> I have this very intense fantasy of, for example, like being in a dark room somewhere, a club or something one day and just jumping on a guy's cock course with condom on and like riding him and leaving him and never having any idea who he is yeah that's yeah that does not surprise me because you that's an instinct that you have yeah we talk about it all the time so this was perfect you had a great experience with this guy and you enjoyed it so much that we have now seen him three times yeah yeah but the third time was even different than the second time and i think it's proof we talk about this all the time but it's proof that when you get to know somebody completely contrary to the fantasy I just disclosed about the dark room. But when you get to know somebody and you, you're you seeing them consistently or you're seeing them multiple times, you start to pick up on new things that add to the experience. For sure. So for example, this time, this guy immediately came into the room and started holding my hands. And I thought that was so endearing and like cute. I don't know. It was cute. It was like a good prelude to the whole thing because this guy has a very chill energy, very just like goes with the flow. There's no 
there's no dominant energy there whatsoever. It's just he wants to be there to please. Right. Well, and then the third time, of course, like you say, he came in and held your hand, which I didn't know. But it's like he's meeting a friend now. Yeah. It know? literally was. He comes in, holds both of my hands, tells me how pretty I look. We start making out. I mean, it all happened very quickly. It was not a romantic thing by any means. Within right. probably, you know, two or three minutes, I'm down sucking his cock. But still. Shocker. Shocker. So in this, this is my surprise face. <laughs> But he starts by just holding my hands and kissing me really sweetly. And then, of course, my naughty ass has to start tonguing him and kissing on his neck, which was really interesting because he's so much taller than me. Yeah, how did you even manage that? He you was stand so on the bed? bent down. Yeah. No, he was so bent down. Yeah, he was like 6'5". It was, like was a little awkward, uh, but we made it work. Okay. So right. anyway, then I fairly quickly said I wanted to suck his cock. He said, sure. So he takes down his pants. Good answer. <laughs> I start sucking his cock, but he's almost so tall. And I really don't like like being just up on my knees. <laughs> I like to sit back kind of on the bells of my feet. So I was uncomfortable. So I had him lay on the bed instead. And then I really went to fucking town on his cock. And he was moaning and writhing all over the place. I loved it. And that's something also that was different. The first two interactions with him, he was not very vocal. He wasn't making a lot of noises. More stoic. Not stoic, just quiet, very quiet. You could tell by the looks on his faces that he was pleased, or at least the second time, not the first time. Yeah, the first no time, idea, you had no idea. Time. But the second time, he has a look of pleasure on his face, but it's still like not very much sound coming out. Right. And I'm not a huge fan of that. I want the the audio to go with it that right. turns me on. Right. So I loved that he did that this time, and I think it proved that he was much more comfortable. So, you know, we start... I'm sucking his cock and he's making all these amazing noises and pretty quickly I tell him I want to put on a condom and and ride him. Now, I will also say I give this guy so much fucking credit, okay? he Before me, he was in a long-term relationship. Yes, he was in a, an ethically non-monogamous relationship. Yes, it was eth ethically non-monogamous, but they really only hooked up with a couple of people over the course of their like seven-year relationship. Yeah, and in fact, he had told me that he was one of the parties that they were going to go to is one of the parties you and I attended. We would have met them probably. Yeah. Yeah, but something happened never went yeah so anyway during the course of that seven-year relationship yes he was having sex with his girlfriend and a couple of other people but it was not they were not consistently right. in the lifestyle right and he said it had been several years since he had used a condom yeah he's told he said that like the second time you guys were together the second time he struggled a little bit with the condom and this time he reached out to you ahead of time, yes. asked for your suggestions on condoms he should look into. Yeah. You actually suggested, I believe, a lambskin condom. Yeah, he has a difficult time with the latex and finding one that fits properly and all that kind of stuff. Because he's and huge. I, and I told him it's all about the fit, man. You got Things got to fit right. And if, if the condom is a problem, I said nine times out of 10, it's that's probably in your head anyway. Yeah. But yeah, try the, try the lambskin for sure, which I guess he did. Yeah, he did. Not, well, not only did he go out and find lambskin condoms, but he said he had to go to three places to find the correct size of lambskin condom. Yeah, no surprise there. So this is a guy who wanted to not only play by the rules, he was actively trying to play by the rules. Yeah, he took the initiative to actually go through the, you know, take the effort. Exactly. You know, he wanted to be invited back. So he pulls them out of his pocket at the beginning of this interaction. I forgot to say that. And I was like, oh, did you find some new ones that might work? And he's like, yeah, I really think these are going to work. I had to go to three places. I, you know, spent four hours trying to do this, but I really wanted to find something that's going to work. And I was so fucking impressed by that. Yeah. Rather than pulling the usual, ah, oh, you know, I just can't wear these kind of thing. Yeah. That just isn't going to work either. No. So good for him. Yeah. So I love that. So anyway, I uh, hop on his cock. 
put, put the condom on, hop on his cock, and we are, I'm riding the crap out of him for a long time. Like, so, so hard. I'm bouncing all over the place. I'm doing all sorts of different things. At one point, I'm completely laid over. My whole body weight is on top of him, and just my ass is bouncing up and down, and then I'll sit up, and I'll just kind of ride. At one point, I was leaned back, and I was just moving my pelvic muscles, my pelvic area up back and forth, so it was almost kind of this sexy grinding motion. Right. And I wanted to make him come because you'll also recall the first two times we were together, he did not have an orgasm. No, he said it takes him quite a while. We'll get to that. Okay. So I ride for a long time, a very long time, at least 20 minutes, maybe even longer. I mean, my muscles are starting to hurt down there and I'm coming over and over again. I'm sure you can hear. Uh, Yeah, I was. I was downstairs. Yeah, I totally did. Even with the TV on. Yeah. So anyway, I'm coming over and over again. And I mean, after 20 minutes, I probably came four times in 20 minutes. No doubt. His cock is amazing. And I really like riding it. But then I was sore. So we took a little bit of a break, laid on the bed together. Then at one point, he gets on top of me and starts fucking me from on top. And this was pretty hot, too. So it was kind of hot in the bedroom that day for whatever reason. And he started sweating on me. Really? (laughs) But I kind of liked it. Well, of course you did. I liked it. It was sexy to me. He kept like wiping it away and I was like, no, it's okay. How funny. <laughs> I don't know. Does that make me weird? No, I don't think so. It's in the it's the heat of the moment, you know? Yeah, it's one of... It's it, a primal thing. It absolutely is about being in the moment of passionate sex. Because if someone sweated on me and we weren't in the bedroom, I'd be like, that's fucking gross. Well, when I come back from the gym, you don't even want me to sweat on you. You don't want to hug me because I'm sweating. Yeah. So it's very different. But, but if you're the, fucking me, I'm like, sweat all over yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> in the moment, it's a very different thing. <laughs> yeah. So that was really funny. Sweating all over me, fucking me on top. And I came a couple of more times. By this point, we had been fucking, not just playing, but fucking for over an hour. Yeah. And he is big and I was sore. (laughs) Okay. So then I tell him he should lay down and I'll suck his cock again. I go back to sucking his cock and I'm like, I'm going to make this guy fucking come. He's been fucking me for an hour. I'm going to make him come. So I am doing all of my tricks and I'm asking him like exactly what he likes. Do you like your balls being touched? Do you like them being pulled a little bit? Do you like my hands on your shaft or do you just want my mouth? All of these things. And I find according to him what the perfect formula is. And I am just doing everything I possibly can to get him to come. And he can tell because at one point he goes, just so you know, I've never come from a blowjob. And I was like, interesting. Okay. No, dude. I'm glad we had this conversation because I would have gone for another half hour. (laughs) So, I mean, it was still a blast, but, you know, we kind of sat there and I was like, I'll be honest, I'm I'm sore. Like, I can't go back to fucking. Yeah, no kidding. So, you know, we had this really great conversation in the bed. And I think the reason I wanted to share this story with you guys is because we had a conversation about orgasms and pleasure and all of that laying with each other in the bed. And I liked that we could do that right after we had sex. I think it shows a lot of maturity from him because he was very honest with me. He said, you know, typically it takes me a couple of hours of penetrative sex to come. And I very clearly yet respectfully communicated back with him. There is no way in hell I can ride your cock for two hours. Yeah, you told him whoever you find that can do that is a keeper. Yeah, do not let that woman go. She is amazing and she's a queen. 
right. <laughs> Keep her around. I am not that person. And so it, it does, it brings up the topic of what does play look like going forward. Of course, he tells me that he's okay with not coming. And in fact, he said after the second time that we were together, he went home and masturbated and made himself come. And it was fantastic. Nice. Um, and it was all kind of thinking about that time together. So I know it brought him some level of pleasure and eroticism, but will he continue to want to see me if I can't ride his cock for two hours? Yeah, that's a question. You have to ask him. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of where we're at right now. Um, I think it's proof that even if a guy is amazing and has a great cock and is super respectful, that there are certain times when you're just not going to be 100% compatible sexually or at least you have to be willing to accept that it's not going to be perfect sex. Yeah, there's some concession, I imagine, to be given, depending on the situation, for sure. He obviously likes your company. Uh, you guys almost hooked up again the other night. Yeah. T- timing was a little bit off. But yeah, I think there's some concessions probably that have to be made. And and I, I believe that over some time, uh, if you guys were to hook up again or a couple of times, probably it would probably work out all right. I think if he was really comfortable and just got out of his own head about it mm-hmm. and really because he enjoys being with you, obviously he texts me all every time you guys are together, he quickly sends me a text message afterwards. Uh, so I'm sure he's just getting in a comfort zone. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see yeah. what happens there. But I, it, it was a very hot experience. I really enjoyed it. I came over and over and over again. And I do think that there is that guilt that exists when you're like, sure. okay, I've now had like 15 orgasms and I haven't been able to bring bring you to orgasm of course not for lack of trying no doubt my mouth and my pussy have gone to work on that cock <laughs> yeah you were sore no doubt about it yeah I don't, and again he's he's a super nice guy he's really a genuinely good dude and as a single guy he's a, i mean the guy's a gem no doubt about it and uh, i think as he gets a little bit more comfortable in that situation it'll work out yeah, so hopefully more more to come on that, on the blindfold guy. That's what we've been calling. We should, really should give him a name. It's like the Lone Ranger with the blindfold. <laughs> the blindfold guy. <laughs> yeah, we'll come up with a name for him. I told him that's a, his name on the show and he laughed. He, he thinks it's funny, so. Well, good. good. He's a good guy. <laughs> yeah, he really is. I like him a lot. Um, so now we're going to get to another really good guy that we really like yes, a lot. Yes, Malik. Mad Malik is what he goes by online. And this is a single guy who has been in the space for a long time, years and years. Got some deep history. And he has been in the lifestyle, involved in the lifestyle community in different cities. He was in Vegas. He was in New York City, in Miami. You'll hear about a lot of that during the interview. But this is a guy who's been successful for a reason. He really truly understands what it means to be someone who brings value to the table and respect to the table and also knows his own value as a single guy. Yeah, he's very much in tune with his own value. He he has also got a unique background, unique upbringing, which I think really really lends itself to why he is the way he is. He's got a deep history in the space, was a real player in the Vegas scene for a long time, had a very unique kind of relationship there. Very interesting guy. I really enjoy talking to him. And he's super smart, real intellectual. And he really comes, he comes to the lifestyle, uh, approaches the lifestyle with a very high IQ. Yeah, absolutely. And he's also a very talented writer, which, which he talks about in the interview. But I definitely recommend that you guys check that out because there's there's some insight there that I think is pretty beautiful and awesome. Yeah, some real depth. Really good guy. So without further ado, here is our discussion with Mad Malik. We are sitting down today with Malik, or better known online as Mad Malik. We are so excited to delve into some topics with him. Hey, how are you doing today? I'm doing, I'm doing great. Uh, just uh, excited, you know, first podcast. So I'm really, I'm really stoked as they say. So 
Yeah. Oh, very first podcast. Well, this is very exciting. We hope to live now. up to expectations. <laughs> yeah. right. So I would love if you would tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, your work and uh, your lifestyle experience as well. All right. Well, uh, my name's Malik. That is, uh, that, that is my writing name. You know, um, that's, uh, that's where I go kind of like, kind of like Prince. So it's just Malik. Uh, but I do go by Mad Malik, as she said before. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a writer and uh, I've been in the lifestyle for probably going on 15 years now. I started off at age 23 as a, as a single man, a toy, you know, uh, to, to a couple of couples and, uh, and, you know, just really finding my way uh, in that space. And now as a writer, on my website, I have the whole section called Playground, which really dives into the sexual side of who I am. Website is Sex, Love, and Madness, and uh, Playground is the is the sex part. So, yeah, I'm I'm here. I've lived a lot of places. I've been to a lot of parties. I used to throw a lot of parties in Vegas and uh, and in New York, and I worked parties. Uh, like I said, I've been a toy. I've been a sub. I've been a dom. So, always wanted to open the dialogue about sex and sexuality, especially from uh, my, my stanza as a black man, you know? So, uh, so I was just always trying to uh, dive into that space and just, I feel a lot of men have a very misogynistic approach to, uh, to the lifestyle and to sex in general. And uh, I just, being raised by lesbians, I wasn't raised that way. So it's, I kind of see it different. And uh, I believe I have a unique outlook on, on the lifestyle, sex in general. Yeah, I'm sure. Two two women raising you, I'm sure, had a huge impact on it, which we'd love to dive into in, in a moment here. First, you mentioned being a toy for a couple. And I know Brian and I have some BDSM experience, but if you could share for our, our listeners at home what that looks like. Well, for, for me, my situation, like I said, uh, I, I started off very, well, what I would say is young in the lifestyle at this time. This was Vegas. I was uh, 23 and I was definitely the youngest guy around the scene. So uh, what would happen a lot of times is you have these parties to where it's like $300 for a single guy and then it's like 150 for a couple or a, or, or a, a, tri, a triad, you know? And uh, so that's where, that's where the toy came from because I was one of the, most of the time, the only couple that was one tall uh, Charlize Theron looking blonde and then uh, two black men. So, you know, and, and their whole thing, you know, me and him weren't messing around. We're, we weren't bisexual or anything, but... Uh, it was just known that I was her toy and she was uh, in control of my sex life for about, I'd say almost four years, you know, uh, she would tell me who I could play with and who I couldn't play with. And, you know, I would have to send her pictures if I was going to be involved with somebody. And, you know, there was days set out specifically for her. And, you know, I, I mean, also adversely, I had days where it was set out for me to hang out with him and, you know, go get girls together, you know? So it was, uh, that's, my uh opening experience and that's me as a as a toy that first situation wasn't really on the sub dom situation it was just i was i was <laughs> i was a sex toy you know and uh and she was uh she was in control of that situation very interesting very so i think it's really interesting you mentioned you've also been a sub for people so we'll kind of meld these two in together but the idea of you as a cisgendered man allowing a woman to kind of dictate you know your sexual identity in a lot of ways maybe not so much identity but but definitely your activities i think that is so fascinating because very few men 
would be willing to go that route. You know what I'm saying? I think more men should personally, as someone who's been a key holder and has loved playing with more submissive men as well. I think that there's something so sexy about that, but can you explain that a little bit? I mean, were, were people surprised when you were telling them that this was your dynamic? Well, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, this, this, this particular couple, they kind of, so I, I was working at nightclubs in Vegas at the time. And I was, uh, you know, really just kind of coming into myself sexually. I was always very sexual, but it was almost too much for, for a lot of women at the time, a lot of women my age. And, uh, there was this one couple that I, that I knew I would see them after work and I was really attracted to her. She, she wasn't like the most beautiful woman, but she was the sexiest woman I'd ever met almost still to this day, you know, and she, just something very magnetism, just some magnetism about our relationship and, and how we kind of came together. And they always wanted me to hang out with them. But I was like, at the time, I didn't really know much about the lifestyle. I wasn't really into it. And I was like, I want, I want to fuck your girlfriend. I'm not, I'm not going to hang out with you. Like that makes no sense to me. You know what I mean? And then eventually it got to a point where I ended up at a strip club one night and she was working at the strip club and the attraction was just so strong and she was, she gave me this amazing lap dance and she squirted all over me in the VIP room. And by that point, there was no way I wasn't going to fuck with her. So, uh, so then we ended up uh, fucking around and, you know, that was like a 10 hour session of like the most incredible sex I'd ever had. I felt like finally somebody was getting how I was, you know? Um, and then, uh, and then she, she invited me to a party and that's when, uh, that's when everything kind of changed. I mean, at first it was, we were we were just fucking around, but then eventually it uh, it evolved into that to that toy. You know, I called her my alpha, and I was I was her toy. So it was kind of a very ooh, I can't even think of the word right now. But it, uh, at that time, it was it was kind of transcendent for me, and uh, uh, being her toy, and you know, kind of being free for the first time with how I was sexually. That that was uh, that was very very paramount for our, our relationship and how my relationships have gone further after that. Dang. That's very cool. So uh, another question for you then, obviously you, you mentioned quite a bit of lifestyle experience as a single male, granted some of it being more with a couple, at least perception wise. Yeah. Um, but I guess overall, what are your experiences as a single man in the lifestyle? Have they been mostly positive? Have you received some of that kind of unnecessary shittiness? I mean, what has that looks like? Well, well, for me, it's, it's been mostly positive. That first couple ended up there. There was like this master manipulation that happened, not coming from her, but from him. And uh, that, that kind of, that ended pretty bad, you know, but for the most part, just kind of the way I am has always been, you know, very welcomed in the lifestyle because I can't, I, I can't really, I'm not going to get into a relationship without getting into a relationship with him as well, you know? So it's always been that kind of like that ebb and flow of like understanding that your relationship is more important, not, not even so much more important, but it does take precedence over what we are, what we are starting and for it to really, for to really move in a positive way. I, I need to be open to understanding what he wants as much as I understand what she wants, you know? So, so I think for me, it's been, it's been mainly positive. I mean, I have come across uh, a few weirdos that they do drugs too much or, uh, or, you know, they're just kind of not into all the same things that I'm into, you know? So, I mean, but, but I mean, I think that's just like, it's just like with almost any, any other relationship. I mean, I don't want to take away from the, that, the, the amazing aspects of the lifestyle, but coming, coming to a couple is almost like coming to uh to just a, a single relationship, you know, and uh, as long as you understand what they're wanting and you're, and you're willing to, to give as well as, you know, take, 
then then it's been it's been mainly positive for me. Yeah, that's probably why you've been so successful. Uh, a lot of single guys don't have that outlook. They obviously don't have your experience level either. Uh, so it's I think that's unique in you know how it is that you're approaching couples with that understanding that there is a primary relationship, and while none not any more important, but certainly there is that that core to consider. Yeah. See, I was brought I was brought into the. I mean, even though that first relationship didn't end. Perfectly. I, I believe I was brought up into the lifestyle. They were they were a full swap couple. We were we were all sexy as fuck. So we were going to a lot of amazing parties, you know, and and our, our rules and the boundaries were set. There was times when all three of us would be out and if he was like, We're leaving at a certain time, it doesn't matter who I met or what's going on, I'm leaving with them. And that's and that's just how it goes. Some some girls, I mean, at the time we'd be at clubs in Vegas and some girls just didn't understand why I couldn't just go home with them. I was like they said no tonight. I'm going with them, you know, and that was, uh, and and I was I was perfectly fine with that. It was a very fun time, you know. So, it must so have yeah, worked out well. Four years, yeah. you said, right? Yeah, four years. Wow. So, I mean, aside from the fact that you were respectful of their dynamic, what are some of the qualities that you think have made you successful in the lifestyle that maybe other single guys getting into the lifestyle should consider? Well, I think the number one thing that probably makes makes me different than most is say, for instance, we go to a party. I never, I never come into the party expecting to have sex. You know, for me, it's always kind of like, so it's almost kind of like a surprise all the time. You know, a, a lot of my friends used to joke that it's like, I'm not like I still move like a vanilla, but I just get so surprised and excited by the situation. Like if I, like if I was vanilla, because I don't, I don't go into it. I, I'm actually more into the lifestyle because I, I like, just that freedom, you know, that you can actually be who you want to be sexually. And it's, you know, there's no qualms in the lifestyle and people, and you're going to find somebody who, who's kind of into the same thing as you, you know? So, um, so that was always really, really great for me. And I, I think where, like I said, where I probably have a lot of success and where, where I, it is always just very invigorating for me is that I'm, I always go and just hoping to meet somebody cool first and, and all the sex and everything else is just, that's just added fun and extra, you know? So, so I think that's what would set me apart and that's what makes it cool dynamics for me. Yeah. That's a, that's a great outlook. I think that's, that's a, that's a recipe for success. We always say you can smell the thirsty on people from a mile away. And that's not just single guys, although it's definitely kind of that stigma that has been placed on single guys. But that idea of if you're desperate and you're just, you're thirsting after an experience so much that that's all you think about. And that's all that you allow yourself to, that's the only way you allow yourself to interact with people. I just, I think that's a, poor recipe for success so that's all you're focused on that's 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 a that's a problem yeah no that's a that's a very poor recipe and i I think uh a lot of uh a lot of single guys they they come into the lifestyle just believing that they're going to have all this amazing sex and it's just going to happen every day and it's going to be like that and it's like but no it shouldn't be like that you know there needs to be yeah i'm not saying you need to develop a full-on relationship with somebody but there still needs to be some kind of you know, it's it's an ebb and flow of energy. I, I always talk about it. it's always energy. And what you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. So if you come in just thinking, oh, I need to just get head all the time, but you're not going to eat pussy. I mean, you don't deserve to get head. So how is that even going to work? You know, so so that's just how I've always looked at it. And I, I believe that's how all single men should look at it is kind of more of uh, you're adding to the pleasure. You're not the centerpiece of it. 
So I would love to talk a little bit about the parties that you have been involved in. I know that you said that you have put some parties together. You've hosted parties. What has that looked like? What What's your experience in that? I'm curious. What well, does it really look like, Matt, from a single guy perspective? Because you don't hear a lot about single guys throwing successful events, right? It's always a kind of a component of couples and... Uh, well, yeah. I mean, well, still, I, I, don't, I, don't want you, I don't want you to think and I don't want you to think that I was just like, oh, this amazing single guy that was just throwing these parties. No, there was, a, there was definitely couples involved. And, you know, I mean, as you guys probably know in the lifestyle, there's, you know, it's... It's not a cheap lifestyle, you know. So, so yeah, I, I dealt with a lot of a lot of wealthy couples, and especially in Vegas, that's when I was when I was throwing in my heyday. That's when I was throwing uh, the parties, and uh, we had we had our 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 group. Those parties, I mean, like for instance, we used to have a Super Bowl sex party every year. That was just like the first year we had it. I didn't even watch the Super Bowl, you know, <laughs> and it was like I didn't know the score. I hadn't seen the halftime show. All I remember is some girls sitting on some guy's face and it seemed like everybody was like one up in each other. You know, uh, I, I foolishly at the time, well, not even foolishly, but I, I invited some girl I had never been on a date with to the party. Cause it was just like, fuck it. If she can't handle this, she can't handle me. And, uh, but I mean, we, we did all kinds of parties. There was those Super Bowl sex parties. We used to probably about once a month, we, we get like a suite on the strip and, uh, go to the club recruit a bunch of hot people and uh, then just bring them back to our party. And uh, that was, I mean, some of the craziest parties of my life. This was the the second group that, that I was in. And uh, we used to, man, the best house DJs. We'd have, we'd have people who weren't even uh, specifically in the lifestyle coming to these parties because the music was amazing. The, the ambiance was incredible. We'd have three rooms where the first room is like, Couples just getting it on. Second room is like full on orgies. And, and the third room, you just, you know, be careful when you walk in there because you might not come out, you know. So um, <laughs> with the parties and the lifestyle, I've always just come at it as a humble student. I'm learning everything and I, I'm not I'm not here to judge. And one of the stories I write in my website, it talks about how I walked into a room and a little bit more than what I was expecting was going on in there. But, you know, I had to take a step back and realize, you know, I can't, I'm not here to judge people. I'm here to, you know make sure everybody has fun and, uh, and have fun with it. So, yeah, I mean, the parties I could talk about for days, it's just, I mean, there's the parties in Ibiza, there were the parties in Miami, and the, the parties that bartended in New York. I just somehow always end up finding, except for in Texas, but I end up finding the right groups, I guess. Uh, pretty fortunate with that. Well, when you admit that kind of energy, the kind of energy you have, which is obviously also a passion for the lifestyle itself and a, a extremely healthy outlook and where your position is in that space and where you want to be and, and what you're looking for, I think you're, you're going to, you know, people are going to be drawn to you because of. Yeah, but I mean, it also is one, one thing for sure, though, is it is tough going from, you know, in Vegas where I was like, you know, top of the lifestyle out there and, you know, everybody knew who I was to, to going to New York and then kind of like having to start over and prove that I am the cool single guy and be very patient with people, you know, or, you know, or in Miami where it's like so gung ho drug driven that it's like, I don't know if I really want to be around all of this, but you know, so it can be very tough being a, a single guy in the lifestyle. Cause I mean, a lot of people are going to look at it. It's like, what are you bringing to the table? You know, um, where some guys, they, they understand it's like, well, he can bring some extra single girls, but, other couples, they, they want that instant gratification. And it's like, 
you're going to sleep with my wife. What are you going to give me? You know, so it's uh, that that's where that's where it does get tough. And then and then being in Texas, like I said, <laughs> being in El Paso, Texas, of all that is is real tough where people really aren't. I, you know, it's not I wouldn't say that they're conservative, but it's just not that type of city, you know. So New York was uh, was an amazing kind of lifestyle experience, because like I said, it's I kind of had to like not reinvent myself. But this is where I kind of went out more as as a single man, you know, and, uh, you know, I didn't really have the couple that was behind me. I, I did meet a couple, a few couples that I, that I would like party with and we would go, but we're more of a, a group than I was with them, you know, where, where in the past, that's how I was with couples. So, uh, sure. and, and then in Miami, I mean, it, it, it was just, no man, it's just all over the place. So, <laughs> yeah. but you know, I'm, I mean, I miss it. I miss it a lot. You know, I do, I miss, uh, I miss those parties and being around those people and having those conversations, you know, those conversations, are, are I think an underrated part of the lifestyle is uh, the the people that you meet the intelligence the the intelligence level of the people in the lifestyle so those are the elements that I probably miss the most but being in Texas it is real real tough and I don't know if I will find that out here <laughs> we feel the same way the we, there's a cathartic component to speaking to people that you have that are like minded that understand you that have the same interests particularly as it pertains to the lifestyle and. Uh, it definitely makes a difference for us. That's what we look for most, particularly in couples. You know, we like to have that that healthy, you know, repartee with a couple. Yeah, exactly. So I'd like to to change gears a little bit here and talk about, you know, often we hear, and I just did it on this podcast, we hear what should single guys be doing to fit into the lifestyle or what should single guys be doing to be well-received by couples? Very rarely do we talk the flip side of that, which is, what should couples be doing or what do single quality single men look for in couples that would make them more likely to connect with guys like you who get it and who are positive parts of the lifestyle? Well, I think, I think one, one thing that I would point out that's definitely happened a few times is just like being so thirsty about me, like hooking up with your wife. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, I get it. You like, you're open and you're, and, and you're, and you're freaky, you know, but when you're just like so adamant about it, it's, it, I mean, ah, you know, I've had some people that are just like, boom, I, I went to a party uh, maybe like a year ago where this Brazilian couple was just following me around the party. And it was just like, like she was hot. I was turned on by her at first, but now it's kind of like, man, like you guys are too thirsty, you know? And I, I think for me personally, I know maybe some people might like that, but I think when you're, when you're super thirsty about it or, also, when you're like talking about the sex before the sex happens too much, I mean, I do understand there's like the play talk that should happen. But when you're just so like gung ho about you're going to fuck my wife this way, or you're going to do this to her this way. It's like I kind of want to hear from from your wife, you know, a little bit, you know, not 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 from you, you know. So. Uh, so I think it's just there there has to be still that kind of normal element of, you know, according to where it's like, oh, you know, yeah, I'm meeting I'm meeting the both of you, but at a certain point, maybe he goes and gets a drink. And then we have this, we have this moment together where we're kind of understanding what's going to happen. And then, and then you can do the same thing vice versa, where she goes to the bathroom and you're kind of like talking to, to her husband about like how things should play out and how they should go. And I think that that is a, a smoother transition and won't scare anyone either, either on, on either side, you know, cause I think, Hey, I've been, I've been frightened by couples before, you know, and it's not just, it's not just the single guy that comes out and is too aggressive. Sometimes the couple are too aggressive as well. So I think that's one thing that 
that they should definitely look out for, you know, me sure. personally. Yeah, I can totally see that. Do you often find that husbands who are part of that hot wife or cuckold dynamic are seeking out actively a single man for for their partner to play with, do you ever feel like they're orchestrating it too much or they're, you know, dictating what it is you're going to do? Is that part of it? Yeah, yeah exactly. That, that's, that's what I was trying to, that's what I was trying to touch on. You, you, you worded it up better than I would, but yeah, they're just trying to put their fingers in it too much. Like, yes, I understand it's your wife, but there still has to be the, the, the kind of me and her connection that, you know, is what makes arousal so arousing, you know? So, um, so yeah, when you're, when you're emailing me and texting me and then telling me, and it's just like, yeah, you kind of lost me, you know? So it becomes laborious at that point almost. Yeah. A and job, then, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then another thing that I, that I think it was, it was very important to me and I always loved it is when, when you're like out at a bar with a couple and you're just having a great time with both of them, like, oh man, it's just so much easier to just kind of make that transition into the bedroom because it's just like, fuck, he's cool, she's cool, like, fuck, this is cool, you know? And and those are the situations that I mean really, even thinking now, those are situations that really stand out in my mind. It's not so much just the sex that was amazing that we had, she squirted all over the bedroom, but when we met at the bar and we were, we were taking the shots and we were fucking, you know, just just having fun, you know? And that I think that is what a lot of people kind of miss sometimes. It's so, it's so much about the sex and less about the, the connection, you know? For sure. We say it all the time, the, particularly the single guys that Brenda plays with, when we have a, a rapport with them and we can actually sit and have a drink or have dinner and just, just bullshit and be very comfortable and, and enjoy each other's company, those are the situations that make the best experiences. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very important. I mean, I, I had a situation when I was in New York where, man, I really, I really like this woman. She's, she's amazing, super smart, but her partner wasn't, wasn't going to be around for a couple of years. And it was like, I can't really, I, I didn't feel like I could fully connect. Cause I mean, he's, he's gone. You're not going to see him for a couple of years. And then we're kind of doing this situation that is going to kind of go there, but not go there. And it, it, I, I, you know, in that situation, I, I needed to meet him as well rather than just hop into that situation, you know? So when you go into it, knowing what it is, that is what makes the difference, you know? And I think it's very important in this lifestyle. And knowing when to walk away, like you just yeah. said. So, absolutely. just being adult about it, you know, and that, and that's. And I think that's what was the turning point from me being like vanilla to really like loving the lifestyle is just that that honesty and that and that and that truth that's just put out there. And there's there's no need to uh, to to hide it or pussyfoot, as they say, you know. So, sure. So yeah. Yeah. So something else I wanted to discuss with you, especially now um, knowing that you were raised by two women, which I think is uh, probably well, I was raised by multiple women. My mom, uh, my mom loved her women. She had, and she had a whole lot of game. Yeah. <laughs> Good for her. I think one of the, the biggest turnoffs for me, and I'm learning this as Brian and I are kind of transitioning into more, I guess polyamory is the best way to say it. Although it's more so at this point, just dating and, yeah and kind of seeing what comes of that. And one of the things that is has become this immediate turnoff for me and has also spilled into me not being attracted to certain men, even if it's just sexual in nature, is this like toxic masculinity that sits out there and the ways that men interact with me 
when it's, especially when they know or they think they know that it can and will lead to sex. And I, I'm wondering, because some of the, the things that I've seen from you, um, both on your social media as well as your website, kind of point to you talking a lot about that. And I'm just wondering if you have any thoughts you'd like to share on that topic. Yeah, I mean, I think that is, it's just, and I guess from the unique, the, the unique way I was raised and, you know, because my, my mom was a lesbian and my sister was bisexual and I was just raised around women my whole life. And I loved women. And, and, and unlike m- most kids who have like probably their Playboy magazine or their daddy's pornos, I was looking at my mom's girl on girls and her pussy magazines, you know. So for me, it, but I was also just kind of raised in this, uh, in this space to where it's like you really need to. All right, let's just, let's just take a step back. Part of the reason why I liked the lifestyle when I was in Vegas so much was that the women were in control of it, pretty much for the most part. You know, they, they really dictated what goes on. And for me growing up, that's kind of how I was, I was raised to really respect what, what women want and what women do, almost to a fault. You know, I, man, I, I can't tell you how many times I missed out on being with somebody because I just was respecting the situation so much. Yeah. But I think that's, that's when you talk about the toxic masculinity, I, it, it kind of takes away from that, that important part of arousal that, that a woman needs. Like when you're, when you already have her on the defensive, you know, and you don't make her feel comfortable because you're so uncomfortable with yourself, (laughs) getting to her climax is going to be pretty fucking tough, you know? So uh, I've just always, you know, my mom had instilled it in me and my sister instilled it in me just, you know, really be patient in your movements, really be respectful in your movements and the reward will be, uh, will be that much better, you know? And I've just, that's how I've always gone about it. Like I said, almost to a fault, you know, uh, <laughs> I was talking about it today where one of my, one of my boys was like, you need to, you, you end up in these situations cause you're full dicking girls all the time when you need to like half dick them. And it's like, but I don't, I don't know how I'm, I'm always like chasing that climax. I, I love that. That's what turns me on. That's what's going to get me going. So, so I like to make sure my woman's very comfortable. I like to make sure any woman I deal with, whether she's married or not, is very, very comfortable. And uh, I believe that also helps me get them to their, to their climax a lot easier, you know, than, uh, than most, because it's, it's a feel. That's what I or always even get their clothes off first <laughs> to exactly. begin with. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love that that was um, something that you had touched on because I think it is, I, I think it's sometimes hard for cisgendered men to understand what it feels like to be a woman and be backed into a corner from a sexual perspective. It's, you know, it's it's this weight that's on you and it's no longer fun. And, I, and half the time I know that these guys aren't even doing it on purpose. I know that they're not malicious. It's just this societal way that they look at sex. It's the way that they have been groomed in a lot of ways to look at and behave towards sexual interactions. And, you know, I, I think we're starting to see that change. And I think we're starting to see more voices speak up and, and be very clear that that's not how a man should behave, which is one of the reasons that, that I really wanted to have you on the podcast and was excited to talk to you today because I appreciate you being one of those voices. I yeah, also- see, and I was like, I was like groomed the opposite way of like, of like most men, like, like for instance, and one of my exes hated it, but for the longest time, I didn't really even like getting head because I thought it was uh, I thought it was disrespectful. I thought that's what you did to a woman that that you that you didn't respect, you know. So for me, eating pussy is better than getting my dick sucked. You know, that's just how it always has been because that was just that was just in my brain. And I'm not even going to say that like my mom instilled that in me or whatever, but it's just something that I picked up along the way where I thought 
getting my shoving my dick in some girl's mouth was fucking disrespectful, you know, and it, it took me getting into the lifestyle to kind of get comfortable with that and actually kind of like knock down these walls that I kind of that I kind of created, you know, some of them were kind of good, you know, but at, at the same time, it was kind of like taken away from from certain aspects that could further my pleasure or, or whatever, you know, so. So, yeah, I mean, there's sometimes it's been like a double edged sword, you know, because I'm just super into, you know, getting a woman off and you, so much so that sometimes I don't, I don't come all the time and I don't need to because I just really care about making my woman come, you know, but there have been some women that don't like that shit or they don't like that. I'm so affectionate. I, I'm, I'm, I'll fuck and cuddle for fucking two hours. Like, that's just like the type of person I am. You know, I love that shit, you know, and uh, and some women don't like that. And I mean, that's just their thing, you know, so there's good and bad to kind of the person that I am, but I mean, I wouldn't trade it. What Brenda was alluding to is a lot of these guys are reaching out to her and they're just real and instantly graphic and, and about what it is that they want and what they want to do to her and what they're looking for. And I just, as I told her, I liken that to a lack of experience, just a lack of awareness, you know, and I don't think that necessarily are doing it maliciously, like she said, but there's definitely a, a point where you can tell, like just speaking to you, it's obvious that you have you're a high level of experience in this space, certainly with being in the presence of a woman, certainly, and in the lifestyle. And then some of these guys that come off with a lot of just egregious behavior, just digitally communicating, you can tell that their experience level, not just in the lifestyle, but I mean, in general, you know, just dealing with people and women in general, it's it's just not very high. You know, there's- Yeah, I mean, their experience experience level isn't there, but it's also, and I was talking to this, I work work at the YMCA on- uh, and I coach kids and I was talking to some of the kids and uh, we're not kids. They're fucking in their twenties or whatever, but they're kids to me, but somebody let these guys get away with that before, you know, and, and that's kind of like where, where it comes from. And somebody needs to put them in their place sometimes, you know, and just be like, yeah, that's not, that's not how you're going to get it. You know? And I think, I think especially now in, uh, in such a fast paced swipe world, they get away with that shit a lot of times. So that's, that's part of the problem, you know, is that a lot of these fucking women let them do that shit, you know? So I, I, and, and that's part of the reason why I wanted to, to start my website and I wanted to start that, that portion playground because I, I, I looked on the internet and there's really no, no straight men talking about sex without being like misogynist dirtbags. And then when you do find another man, it's like a gay man, but mainly women are the ones that are on there talking about sex. So I wanted to kind of open a dialogue, switch it up. And, uh, and I believe I have a few stories to tell, so. Certainly sounds like you have many stories to tell, <laughs> which is awesome. So uh, yeah, I mean, please share a little bit of, of the work that you're doing. Uh, I know you mentioned kind of the, the mission statement there, but specifically what would people find if they went to your site and also how can they find you? All right. Well, uh, the site is uh, www.madmalik.com. So like I said, I mean, I, I write a lot and I can write, I can write pretty much anything or I'm trying to get to the point of where I can write pretty much anything. But many years ago, when Fifty Shades of Grey came out, my ex-girlfriend really loved that book. And she was like, oh, you should read this book. And I read this book and I was like, this book is bullshit. You know, and this is at the same time when I was like deep in the lifestyle. And I was like, I can write something fucking way better than this. So that's that's where Playground actually fucking started. It was uh, it was a book. It was a novel that I'm still going to write. I'm going to I'm going to continue writing next year. But it was a novel that I sat down, started writing, wrote like. 200,000 words in like a week 
And then, and then I put it down. I was in New York and I was working at restaurants and I put it down and I, I never went back to it. And then last year I had one of the toughest years of my life. I hadn't written anything. And when I looked back on my life, I was like, what am I going to leave the world? So then that's when I started, uh, you know, I kind of lost my mind. That's where the mad and mad mallet comes from. I'm not, I'm not an angry person. I'm kind of just a little, a little crazier than most. So playground is my, I used to do these interviews at the parties. I, I really thought it was a, a very unique, unique way of getting people to be very honest about how they came into the lifestyle. So there would be sex and drugs going on and all kinds of shit. I mean, I did ecstasy a few times, but I would interview these couples because I was going to put it all in, in my book. But then I looked at the notes this year uh, at the beginning of the year and I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to just I'm going to start putting out these interviews, you know, on my website. And and, you know, a lot of people liked it. So that's that's where that started. I just finished uh, my first novel. It's called The Old Man and the Sazerac. And uh, this one has no sexual nature. It's uh, it's kind of a, a deeper meaning book. I kind of wanted to flex my uh, my creative muscles on that one. But then after that, I will definitely be writing uh, Playground, which will have will be compiled of some of those interviews that you can read on my website. Yeah, oh, and then also I have a bunch of erotic artists that I find on uh, Instagram and I use their artwork to illustrate my, my stories. So like a graphic novel. Yeah, 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 exactly. Very cool. Yeah. I mean, I think like, like we just said, it's refreshing to see a, a straight man who is out there, you know, putting positive words to paper in terms of sex and sexual relationships and healthy sexual relationships. So uh, thanks for what you're doing. I, I think it's awesome. Yeah. yeah and I, I appreciate the fact that you are a very well put together single dude in this space. And I mean, you've obviously, you, you get it. And unfortunately, there are just not enough guys like you out there. We wish there were. There seem to be, they seem to be getting better. We're finding some, some quality guys as well. But I, I wish more guys really understood the space as, mu- as well as you do. Uh, it's really refreshing. And I appreciate it. Talking. Well, yeah, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, well, not tricks to the trade, but I mean, I'm going to be writing some of my experiences on there. And I mean, hopefully that will help people kind of understand how they should navigate in this lifestyle. Because I mean, there, there, there is, there is a right way to do it, you know, and there's definitely a wrong way to do it, you know. So, um, and then it's, it's also just something that evolves, you know. I think, I think it's, it's something that should just always evolve over time, you know. Relationships should evolve, and, and you being in the lifestyle should evolve as well. Not, nothing should be stagnant. You shouldn't. You got to be selfless when you come into this, into this space. That, I mean, that's what I believe, you know. So. Yeah, we agree. Absolutely. And that goes for everyone, not just single guys, everyone in the lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, everybody should evolve, no doubt about it. Be your best self is, is, you know, just keep growing for sure. Well, it has been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for your time today. And uh, we'll obviously leave all of your links in our show notes for our listeners. I'm sure they'll be interested to see your work. All right. Sounds good. Malik, it was a real pleasure. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. So another big thank you to Malik for joining us. We will make sure to provide all of his links in our show notes so it's very easy for you guys to find him. We definitely recommend that you do. He is awesome. Yeah, definitely not the last time we're going to talk to Mad Malik. Looking forward to chatting with him again. For sure. So you know who else I love chatting with? Who's that? Our Patreon members. Yes, absolutely. We chat with them every day in Telegram. It's uh, just an awesome way to connect with now over 106 people every day. 
Fuck yeah. It is so fun jumping on there, seeing what everyone is up to, either people talking about their lifestyle adventures, their own personal or family adventures, awesome things going on in their lives. Pictures, Pictures. of our dogs, whatever <laughs> it is, or tits, whatever. So much. And that is just one of the bonuses that we offer as a thank you for sponsoring us and our show. If you head on over to patreon.com slash front porch swingers, which will also be in the show notes, you can see all of the tiers available and all the bonuses that we offer. Uh, I also think our bonus episodes, especially as we look to get on the road, are going to be lit and you're definitely going to want to listen to those. So we have over 65 of them now. I think we're coming up on 70 bonus episodes of front porch swingers. So if you get to the end of this episode and you're like, oh, I wish there was more. Well, there's a lot more. Yes, Yes, there is. (laughs) So our newest Patreon members this week, we actually have two Nicoles. Nicole and Nicole, thank you so much. Craig and Rafa ES, thank you guys so much for jumping on board with us. We cannot wait to connect with you more, and we hope you love the exclusive content. There's also some exclusive content slash my tits and ass and pussy (laughs) on OnlyFans.com. Yes, and you're at what, 6% now? Top 6%? Fuck yeah, and it's all because you guys are jumping on board to see my nudes. And also, you and I play on there too, so if anyone's interested in what Brian's cock looks like. (laughs) Yeah, up close and personal. <laughs> Very much so. So OnlyFans.com slash French Porch Swingers. We hope you'll check that out. As mentioned, our social media is going to be flying with some stuff. We've been putting up a lot more Instagram stories, but once we get on the road and we have new places and new people that we're interacting with, you're definitely going to want to be following us there. We're on Twitter at FP Swingers and Instagram at FP Swingers too. And we will be doing those vlogs that we discussed on our YouTube channel, which is called Front Porch Swingers. All of those links will be in our show notes. And also don't forget that we have a merch store, guys. It's called fullswapshop.com slash front porch swingers. Get yourself some FPS booty shorts, shot glasses, mugs, and so much more. My personal favorite is the pink Vixen stuff that we have on there, which I designed. I'm really a big fan of the farmer's market coffee mug that I have. (laughs) Yeah, I know you are. Yeah, it has an eggplant and a peach on it. Get it? (laughs) Farmer's market. Yes, it does. I thought that was clever. It is. So we hope that you'll check that out. It's a great way to support the show and get yourself some cool shit. And guys, we have so much stuff coming up for you. I know that we say that all the time, but we really do. We have a lot coming up. A lot of fun stuff. We have a lot of stuff going on in our personal lives, as you guys are hearing. And we are sharing that all with you guys. And it's just been fun. And and we're not stopping here. There's a lot of fun shit coming our way. So make sure that you're tuning in every single Monday. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Thanks, everybody. Don't forget to find us on altplayground.net. Alt Playground is an amazing open community for non-monogamous and sexually open people to connect, share, and create new adventures together. They have 20 years of experience as a regional open lifestyle website, but now they're rolling out nationally, and they're including so many amazing features, including the podcast corner, which we're very excited to be on. There are going to be videos from your favorite sex-positive folks, and also it's a great place to just connect with sexy, like-minded people. So we hope you'll come check us out at Alt Playground dot net today.